Greetings, this is Pastor Thomas A. Deloach, and this episode is brought to you by To Empower You, a podcast dedicated to helping young adults and young couples achieve their goals and dreams from a biblical context. From a biblical context. Pastor Thomas A. Deloach. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to To Empower You. I am your host, Thomas A. Deloach, and I'm so glad that you've decided to connect with me once again for these few moments in time. And today, I want to talk about how to bounce back from disappointment. This is a teaching podcast, so go and grab your Bibles and take some notes. I have some really things that I pray will encourage you today. Now, as always, I want to start this show off with a quote of the day, and it says this, God can get anything at any time from anywhere, from anybody to meet your needs. Now, let's look here at Philippians chapter one, verse number six. This is going to be my launching pad today. I understand that most people are dealing with disappointment in this time and season, and I want to give you some helpful tools to be able to bounce back from disappointment when it crouches at your door. So in Philippians chapter one, verse number six, it reads like this, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. And essentially that means until the day that Christ returns. This is a powerful scripture, and I'll tell you why. Because the writer helps me to understand that I have to first be confident of this. What is the thing that I need to be confident of? That the God who began the work in me is going to continue to do it until the day that there's no breath in my body. That as long as there is breath in my body, God is going to continue, watch this, to do a good work. One of the things I want you to say to yourself as often as you can, say this, God is doing a good work in me. As a matter of fact, I want you to say it now. God is doing a good work in me. Come on, I don't care where you are, driving, sitting in front of the TV, wherever you are, I want you to say this. God is doing a good work in me. And you got to know this. You got to believe this. You got to have this tucked away in your heart. Many times it's so difficult when we cannot discern, when we just cannot see what is God even doing in my life. But I want you to know today that God sent me here to say these words to you, that God is doing a good work in you. And he's going to help you to see it because I've been there. I'm trying to figure out, man, what is God even doing in my life? I can't see anything. I can't discern anything. I can't detect anything. It seems like I can't hear the voice of God. But when I get in those places, I've got to get in God's word and find out what he has to say about me. And despite how I feel, no matter what's going on around me, in me, through me, it just makes me no difference. I've got to, in that moment, tell myself what God is saying. And this is what we have to do because discouragement and disappointment, listen, folks, is all around. There's just nothing you and I are going to be able to do about it. But we've got to understand and know that God is doing a good work in us and he's not going to leave. 
He's not going to forsake. He's going to continue to begin and continue in the middle and at the end until my dying breath, he is going to do the work in me that he has started. I want you to know that that should encourage you because people will leave you. They will forsake you. They will promise to be there. And then when the chips are down, they leave like everybody else. But the number one thing that I love about God is that he just won't leave. He will never forsake me. I was talking to a pastor the other day and they asked me, they said, man, how you doing? And I said, do you really want to know the truth? They said, yeah, I do. I said, you know what? I would be doing better if I didn't have to deal with fickle people. (laughs) People are so fickle minded. And I'm not trying to pretend I'm perfect. Nobody is. But I'm telling you, man, we live in a day where people will look you in your face and tell you they're going to do something. And three hours later or less than 24 hours later, they don't even show up. They ghost you. They don't even do what they say they're going to do. But I've had to really get this in my heart and understand regardless as to who comes and goes and people will, I have to tell myself God is doing a good work in you. He is. And I want you to know that even if you can't see it, there are times you just can't see anything. But even if you can't see it, I want you to be able to trust his word and know that God is doing a good work in you. Now, let's define disappointment because sometimes we're dealing with things and it may not be disappointment. It may be something else. So if we're going to talk about how to bounce back from disappointment, it would be good to know what it means. Notice what it is. It's sadness or displeasure caused by the non-fulfillment of one's hopes or expectations. That's what disappointment is. And the rough part about this is, is that many of us, most of us, if not all of us, are disappointed with people. Something that they promised that they said that they were going to do, some kind of non-fulfillment that is coming from the mouth of someone else, whether it's a family member, co-worker, maybe it's the loan officer down at the bank. When people talk to us and they get our hopes up, whether or not we know it, we bought in. We bought in. We bought into what they said. We bought into the things that they said they needed from us to bring the fulfillment of what they promised to pass. And then when it doesn't happen, man, what a letdown. And I know people, and I'm a part of this as well. You know, thankfully, I've not checked out on God. (laughs) I'm not saying I didn't want to, but I know people who have just completely checked out out on God. And this is one of the reasons why when I'm dealing with people, I do the very best that I can to keep my word to them. You know, I did a show here recently talking about your word is your bond. And I'm assuming that if you listen to this, some of the things, not all of the things is coming from some of the things that I said in that last show, especially in this part here, that we got to keep our word to folks, man. I don't want anybody to lose their joy, their peace, their love for God, because I didn't come through, because I lied to them, because I said something that I just was not going to fulfill, because I've been there before. And if you've ever been in a place where somebody let you down and you really felt that and it really cut you to your core, you don't want to do that to anybody else. You want to make sure your yay is yay and your nay is nay and anything else the Bible says is from the evil one. But the reality is we don't live in a world where everyone is saved. 
And may I say this, even with the people that say they are Christians, I am even questioning that in this time that we live. We got to make sure beyond a shadow of a doubt that we come through for the people we love and for the people that we don't know, because you don't know who it is that God is sending you to. They may want to be a believer or a Christian two years, three years, five years down the line, but they ran into you. You lied to them. You may have gassed them up. You may have wanted them to believe that you were going to do something and you didn't come through. And man, they'll point back to that situation and say, you know what? I ran into a Christian like you. They lied to me. They said that they were going to do this and they didn't. There are so many people that are not better. They are bitter simply because of a non-fulfillment. And I'm telling you, the scripture says that hope deferred makes the heart sick. You just can't live in a world where your hope is just continuously deferred. Who's going to be able to stand up under that pressure? I don't care how strong you are as a Christian, as a believer. At some point, man, you're going to want to throw in the towel or you may have already done so. But one of the things, again, I want to tell you with the opening scripture that I gave you in my opening salvo is that we have to be confident in what he says. This is the thing that keeps me going even when I get sick and tired of people. And I want to tell you, even as a pastor and as a leader, maybe most pastors and leaders won't be honest with you, but I'm going to be. There are times where I'm just tired of people, tired of the things that they say, tired of things that they do. It's just like, did you not think about that before you said it? And I always judge myself in accordance to how I want to be treated. If I can't do it, I'm just going to tell you no. If I can do it, I'm going to tell you yes. If something tries to eclipse that, I'm going to do all that I can not to tell you at the last minute because I don't want your disappointment to be connected to something that I did that could have been prevented because I didn't think before I spoke. So this is where we are. And so I want you to know that there's a lot of sadness. There's a lot of displeasure. There's a lot of non-fulfillment. People didn't fulfill. They, they just didn't come through. And here's one of the things I want you to know is that we have to release people and let them go when they don't come through. We can't hold on to it. Holding on to it ain't going to help you. Trust me, I tried it, done it, had the T-shirt, couldn't fit it. It was too small. But I want you to know, release them and let them go. But you got to be wiser the next time around. I want to give you four quick things if you're dealing with any kind of disappointment and if you're not, tuck it away in your heart because maybe you will. Or share this with someone to help them, to coach them up, to bring them back. We got to be like a bouncing ball. You know, when you bounce that ball on the ground, hey man, it's coming back up. And that's how you got to live your life. You may go down, but just like that ball, it's going to bounce back up. And that's the power of the anointing that lives within us even now. That as at our lowest point, the word of the Lord will cause us to be like that ball, to bounce back and to come back stronger. But here's number one. Be kind to yourself. That's what I want to tell you today. Be kind to yourself when you're going through a disappointment. I know that when I have done things that or certain things that have happened in my life that was not of my making, but because I was the leader of a group or whatever the case may be, and people were looking to me and things fell through that were not of my making, I would beat myself up about that. But the reality is I did all I could do. I had my hope and my expectation and the other person, they let me down. And now I got to stand before people and say what went on. That was not my fault. 
Even though it was not my fault, I still beat myself up about it. But I want you to know, I want you to be kind to you. Check this out. If you got nobody in the world, hypothetically, if you don't have anyone in the world, what you going to do if you check out on you? You can't check out on yourself. You need you. But the reality is we do have God inside of us, but many times we can't recognize that. We can't see it. We can't discern it. We don't believe it because of how we feel. But I want you to learn how to be kind to yourself. Watch this. Here's the other side of the coin. Even if it was your fault, it's okay. We do make mistakes. But what we don't want to be is repeat offenders, especially if we're causing other people grief and pain and sorrow. We don't want to do that. But I want you to be kind to yourself. I want you to be good to yourself. I want you to speak good about yourself. I don't want you to rehearse the lies that you have said about you. I'm no good. I'll never be nothing. Nothing ever goes good for me. I knew this was going to fall apart. You have to change your conversation about yourself. Do you think God would occupy himself in us if he didn't think we were good enough? I want you to think about that. Would God waste his time to drop his spirit inside of someone that he didn't want to be around? No, God wouldn't do that. There's no way that God, as powerful as he is, would waste time on us. God is not wasting time on us. He wants to be close to us. So if God wants to be close to us, we need to understand that at least being kind to yourself and speaking well of yourself, building yourself up in your most holy faith, praying in the spirit. That's one of the things that I do. I pray in the spirit. There are times when I'm praying that my natural words will run out, but in the spirit, I can pray in the spirit. And it's a perfect prayer that hits a perfect bullseye, that things that I don't even know what I'm doing to myself as I'm praying in the spirit. But when I'm done, I feel a lifting. I feel the shackles and the fetters being broke off of me. I have a sense that I can make it. I've got a sense that it's going to work out for me. I've got a sense that all is going to be well. Be kind to yourself. Now, it's important to address your disappointment. So let's not pretend you don't have any. You got to address it because if you don't address it, you'll never deal with it. And if you never deal with it, it'll never go away. So you've got to address your disappointment. But even in all of that, you've got to learn how to take care of you in your mind and in your body. So there's times that our soul, our soul is our mind, will and emotions. They're wrecked because of the disappointment. Take some time to nourish your soul. One of the ways we nourish our soul is through spending time with God and hearing his word because we need that word, the seed of the word of God. We need that inside of us to build us up, to take care of us, to love on us so we can really remember and realize what we're doing and who we are and whose we are and that God is going to help us bounce back again and take care of your body physically. We break down because of a disappointment. You're not meant to house disappointment. When you house it and you keep it inside, it's going to manifest in diabetes. It's going to manifest in other ailments. A lot of things that people are dealing with is because they refuse to deal with it and they refuse to be kind to themselves. Love on yourself. Don't wait for people to love on you. 
I want to help you to be empowering today. Get the empowerment of God and understand that when disappointments come, and they will, I want you to build yourself up. Be kind to yourself. Number two, surround yourself with good people. And I want to underscore that good people. Now, these are people that are good for you. Watch this. Everybody is not good for you when you're trying to bounce back from a disappointment. We sometimes surround ourselves with familiar people like family, but sometimes family is just not good when you are going through a disappointment. You can almost tell what Aunt Kathy is going to say. You know what Uncle Bob is going to say. You know what a cousin is going to say. They say the same thing and it makes you frustrated, angry, and upset. But you may be saying, Pastor, I don't have any good people when you're in luck. This is a time and season that you pray that God will send you some good people that will build you up. Their words will encourage you. They will help you. They will love on you. They will stir your faith. They will help you to see that tomorrow is coming. It's going to be better than today. They'll be able to hug you and really open up a door for you or mentor you in that season. And again, the operative word is surround. Do you know what surround sound is? Have you ever been to the movie theater or maybe you got a theater in your home? When you are in the midst of surround sound, it's just not around you. It feels like the sound is in you because how it just engulfs a whole place. And that's what it's like, man, when you're going through a disappointment. You just need some people around you. You just need some people around you and what they say, it hits to the core. And you feel like, man, they inside of me. They know my thoughts. They know really what I'm going through. They are really here for me. And many people are going through because they say, man, I'm there for everybody else. But who is going to be there for me? And that is you. God is saying through me to you today to help you to understand that God is going to send you some hand selected people that will surround you and love you and build you up. And this is the case that we sometimes find ourselves in. So if you are there, this is good news for you. God's going to send you some good people. Number three, I want you to take this as a learning experience. That's what you got to do. Take all that you've got, the disappointment that you're going through right now, chalk it up and say, you know what? I've learned something. I've learned something about them. And I've learned something about me. The reality is we don't learn the lessons that we should. And because of that, again, we become repeat offenders. I want to give you this scripture because, man, this thing really blesses me. But in John chapter 2, verse number 24, notice what it says. But Jesus did not commit himself unto them because he knew all men. Other translations say is that he knew what was in people. He understood what they were about. This is profound to me because we know that Jesus was God in the flesh and we know that he was among people. But he has such a discerning quality that the scripture says that he did not commit himself to that group of people. And here's why. Because he knew what was in them. Do you know some disappointments that we go through is because we just didn't know what was in the people we were getting ready to get connected to? Imagine if you knew what was in them. Would you have married that person? Would you have maybe taken them on as a business partner? Would you have accepted a loan from them? Would you have allowed them into your car, into your life? 
what I mean, that's the reality of the thing. And you may say, well, man, pastor, how can we know? But this is where the Holy Spirit comes in, because I do believe when we get in relationships and we get ready to do certain things, the Bible says, acknowledge him in all your ways and he will direct your path. He will do it. Can we just be honest and say some of the disappointments that we have had because we just didn't talk to God about it? We just didn't talk to God about it before we got involved with those people. Had we gotten God involved, maybe we wouldn't have connected with them. But even still, you messed up like I have. You made a mistake like I have. We didn't pray about it like we should have. I've been there before. But I want you to take this at as a learning experience at every level and at every stage in life, there is something to be learned about your disappointment. Have you learned your lesson about what you're disappointed about? And if you have, you got to make up in your mind and say, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm not going to send myself through that pain, that agony anymore. That disappointment, that thing that kept me up all night, almost lost my life because of this particular disappointment, you may say. Have you learned your lesson? If you've learned your lesson, then that's the number one thing that's going to help you bounce back. You never lose. You just keep learning and learning and learning. And the scripture talks about that Jesus kept learning and learning and learning. And he had favor with God and man. And so as Christ was walking the face of the earth, he realized through learning, he realized through going through things that, you know what, I'm not going to commit myself to these group of people because I know what's inside of them. That blesses me because it really helps me to understand and know watch this, that I can know what's inside. Now, God may not tell me every nook and cranny or every detail, but he will say to me and he will say to you, you know what? Don't get, get connected to them. You know, don't give them the loan. Don't accept the money. Don't go to that school. Don't buy that house. Don't. They're promising you something, but it has an ulterior motive. We've got to learn how to listen to he, the Holy Spirit, so he can help us and encourage us and build us so that when we are going through a disappointment, at least we can say, I got one thing out of this. It was a learning experience. And I'm never going to do what I did before. But you know how it goes, man. You know the old saying, people, listen, they got, they got a hard head, but it makes for a soft behind. And listen, I don't know about you. I'm tired of running into the walls and getting back up and running into them again. I got to make sure that I make sure that I learn this lesson and learn from this experience. And finally, this is my final word that I want to say to you. Get back in the game. There's a game to be played called life. There's a game to be played. And if you're going to be in this game called life, and Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. God wants you to have a more abundant life, not more abundant pain. No, that is not the will of God. So if we're going to stay on the battlefield for the Lord, as the old saints used to say. We've got to be able to understand and know that even when we get hurt, there's a time for the wounds to be bandaged. There's a time for the tears to fall. There's a time to sit on the sidelines so you can get gassed up again. But you know what? At some point, 
I got to get back in the game. I've met so many Christians, so many believers who've been hurt and wounded, whether if it's at church or a family friend or a spouse or a co-worker or some random person on the street did them in. Most of them will say to you, that's why I haven't gotten back in the game because I'm still frustrated. I'm still upset. I'm still hurt about what they did. But but do you know something? We don't have a right to be hurt. We have a right to be healed. So we're really going to run around and tout our rights. Let's talk about the rights that we have to be healed, to be set free, to be delivered, to have joy, to have peace. Come on, y'all. This is what the Lord said I died for. And I don't want God to have died in vain, Jesus to have died in vain. And I'm still hurting over a situation that he says, I got what you need. I'm going to get back in the game. Here's why. Somebody needs me. Somebody is calling for me. Somebody right now is saying, send me somebody to minister hope and joy and peace in my life. If we constantly continue to think about ourselves, we are no good to ourselves, nor are we good to the will of God. But if you're going to bounce back from a disappointment, if you can say that I've been sad and I've been in a place of of displeasure, caused by the non-fulfillment of the hopes and expectations that somebody has promised you. You got to get healed. You got to get right. And then you got to get back in the game because God needs you. Come on, y'all. God needs you. What about God? Does he matter? I know you're hurting. I get it. And God's going to heal those bandages. But when you get healed, you got to go back into the fight. And say, I've learned some things, huh? I'm kind to myself. I surrounded myself with some good people. And I would say to you, you have to do these three things first before you get back into the game. You got to be kind to yourself. You got to surround yourself with good people. You got to take this as a learning lesson. There's no way you're going to get back in the game if you don't do these other three. Getting back in the game suggests that you did the other three. So don't quit on yourself, even when others have quit on you, you owe it to yourself to keep going. You got to keep going. Now, there are times that we get tired, sit and take a break. There are times you got to take a mental break. Do that. But watch this. You got to get back in the game. There are so many people that are sitting on the sidelines because of disappointment. I don't want you to be like that. We don't have to be that way. We don't have to be the way that we feel. I'm going to say that again. We don't have to be the way that we feel. Sometimes we think our feelings are greater and we just serve our feelings. Don't serve your frustration. Don't serve your anger. Don't serve your bitterness. Don't serve your hopelessness. There's too many other people that have done it and they've died. They have jumped off the bridge. And some of them are, are walking around like zombies. That is not what God's will has for your life. But before again, you get back in the game. Do these three things that I mentioned and cap it off with number four and say to yourself, I'm about to get back in the game. The devil thought he had me. Mm -mm. I'm wiser. I'm smarter. I'm better. Come on. I'm resilient. There's something inside. I got an anointing inside of me. I got a calling, a destiny, a prophetic word to fulfill. I'm not going to stand before God and say to him, the only reason why, Lord, I didn't get back in the game was because of people. 
I can't do that. Maybe you can. I pray that you can, but I can't do that because I know I was not there. But in the letters that I have read, the Lord went through so much for my life to free me from the enemy. I'm not going to serve my pain. Yeah, I've had some. I'm not going to serve my disappointment. Man, I've had that too. I'm not going to do that. What I'm going to do, watch this, is serve the Lord. Huh? That's what we have to do. Serve the Lord and not your disappointment. I want to tell you, even right now, God's going to help you to bounce back. That's my prophetic word to your life right now. He's going to help you bounce back from this, this bad situation that you didn't think you could recover from. God says, I got some power waiting for you. I got an anointing. I'm going to lay my hands on you and get you back up and dust you back off and get you back in the game because there's some people that I've hand selected in the will of God for you to minister to. This most certainly is my prayer. I pray that this message, this lesson helped you today. It blessed you. I pray if it did, I want you to send me an email at info at thomasadeloach.com. Do it today. Send me that message and let me know, Pastor, this really helped me. I'm able now to bounce back from my disappointment. I got a formula, as it were, from you to bounce back from that disappointment. Go to my website at thomasadeloach.com, www.thomasadeloach.com. Check out my advocacy. This is your first time. I greet you in divine love and appreciate the fact that you have connected with me. Share this podcast with as many people as you can, because this is why I've been called forth for such a time as this, to empower the Lord's people and to help them to see that the things that you are going through is just going to make you more fit and meet for the master's use. Listen, I'm praying for you, believing God's best for you. Go out and have a wonderful day and know beyond the shadow of a doubt that God is with you. And until next time, be empowered. Thank you for listening to my show to empower you. If you were blessed, inspired, and encouraged, please send me a praise report, prayer requests, or show ideas to info at thomasadeloach.com and follow me on Instagram at Thomas A. Deloach and Facebook at Dr. Thomas A. Deloach. And remember, you can go to my website anytime at www.thomasadeloach.com. Until next time, be empowered.